This is the Ed Milet Show. Welcome back, everybody. You know, it's not easy to get on the show two times. <laughs> Usually most are one and done. I'm so honored. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I'm having you back was, I was just telling you off air that, you know, the first episode we did just like virally went crazy. And I think it's one because of your brilliance. Um, and just the way you deliver very complicated information in a very easy to understand fashion. That is, that's how you know you're a smart person when you don't have to try to sound smart all the time like I do. <laughs> but the other reason is the topic. And uh, so much of our audience is into this topic. And so let me introduce you so that everybody properly knows who you are if you didn't hear her last time. Uh, I don't know, Harvard trained, Cornell trained, I don't know what else you want to know, Columbia. She's got a little bit of an educational background. And her, she's an expert in a lot of different things, but what we're really going to talk about today is hunger, your gut, your microbiome, how all of that stuff's connected so you can live better, healthier, um, with more energy, with better sleep. And there's some really cool stuff we're going to cover today with, back for the second time, Dr. Amy Shaw. Welcome back. So honored to be here. I mean, your show is just the pinnacle of, you. you know, mindset Thank and you. motivation. So, so honored. Well, you help me with my mindset, and I am motivated when you're here. So the name of her new book is I'm So Effing Hungry, which is like the coolest title in the world, Why We <laughs> Crave What We Crave and What to Do About It. And this is right up my alley. Because yeah. there's different times, man. I go through these crazy cravings for food, and I've always not wondered why. Let's set some parameters first, like basic stuff. Mm -hmm. When you say microbiome and I say gut, are mm -hmm. we saying the same thing? Well, the gut includes our own cells and um, bacteria, but also viruses, fungus, parasites. I mean, they're all in there. Mm -hmm. So the microbiome is like a more global term. Okay. We can't really think about just our cells. Our cells are just very microscopic compared to, you know, there's... 10 times more genes uh, in the gut uh, from the bacteria than okay. our own cells. The last time you were here um, really enlightened me and a lot of my audience about um, really the, the gut being like the second brain mm. and the connection between the gut and emotions, brain function, brain fog, et cetera. Let's just start right there because there's mm -hmm. so much we're going to cover this hour mm -hmm. that I wish it was six hours, mm -hmm. but like, there is a, why is the gut called the second brain? When we are embryos, they're connected hmm. and then they separate. Okay. But then we stay connected through the vagus nerve, through the um, nervous system. So we're, our brain and gut are connected and we really think of them as separate things. Like we think about gut as like, oh, your stomach hurts or you're bloated. Yeah. But I'm telling you that if you're happy or sad or motivated or hungry right now, it's coming from your gut, actually. Hmm. They're connected when we're in the embryo. Yeah. Why is it taking so long for medical science even to approach the topic then? It was, I mean, we thought these gut bacteria were just annoying or, you know, we wanted to kill them. As you know, mm -hmm. antibiotics, the whole culture that yep. we live in is germaphobe. We hate bacteria, but it was in the turn of the century um, in London, when everybody started to move into the city, start to get richer, yeah. quote unquote, you know, live in large apartments, mm -hmm. um, eat at, at restaurants, out of the farms, where they started to see the problems, mm -hmm. the problems in the immune system. And then they're like, wait, why are these problems happening? Why? Because your gut needs to see bacteria. Otherwise, it's sterile. And when it becomes sterile, all these problems start. So when we wonder why... We're so depressed and depression's going up by 35%. We wonder why we're so hungry and we're getting obese, more obese. Yeah. And then we wonder why inflammatory disease like heart disease, cancer, diabetes, you know, all of these, they're all linked to this. Hmm. We're missing that big picture when we're talking about it. We can't just treat the heart. Can't right. just treat the brain. Yeah. That's why when you called and said, hey, can we do this again? I'm yeah. like, yep, let's do it again right away. Yeah. So we're going to go all over the place because in like the sequence of stuff, because you, you've already brought things up I was going to ask about. <laughs> so let's just start with we need bacteria. Yeah. Reading that you're like, hey, these antibacterial gels we're pouring all over ourselves now all of a sudden because of the pandemic and all these other things. Be really careful. And then the other thing, even for me, every time I get sick, I'm like, Doc, can I get an antibiotic over mm -hmm. here? So just address those two things to start out for everybody's knowledge. Okay. Things like um, mouthwash, antibacterial mouthwash raises your blood pressure. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because we have these bacteria in our mouth 
that are like nitrates. They relax the blood vessels. And if we kill them, we automatically get higher blood pressure. Okay. Heart disease comes from that, right? That's uh-huh. a number one reason for heart disease. Okay. Then we have bacteria in our gut that gets killed every time you take an antibiotic. Mm. And actually, we're really good at uh, killing all the bugs, but it's really hard to grow them back. Mm-hmm. And it can be from generation to generation, you can lose bacteria. Mm-hmm. So we have 40% less, less bacteria than our forefathers. Really? And so we're damaging not only our own gut by doing this, but we're damaging the guts of our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. I mean, this is a big problem. I'm telling you. So I tell people, it's like, I say big because it's brain immune system, gut, we're missing that big picture. Mm. If we started to address these things, I mean, you talk about mindset all the time. Our our brain is so powerful. Our gut is so powerful. If we use these things, we could actually solve some of these problems. So you brought me a bunch of goodies today. And a lot of it's like fermented foods, right? And you're you're telling me before we started, you know, I think most of my audience knows what dopamine is, but we all want more of it, right? And you're like, hey, there's a little bit of connection here to your gut and these foods, particularly fermented foods Yeah. when it comes to... Isn't this cool, everybody? Already getting all this <laughs> stuff this early in the interview? So tell us about that. Dopamine, um, for those who don't know, is your motivation hormone. That's the one you want to do that thing, get to the top of the ladder, to get better at your workout, to be a better father, mm-hmm. you know, friend. That is the neurochemical that is created in your brain. But what people didn't realize until recently is that that neurochemical is made by the gut, by the gut bacteria and the gut bacterial uh, and the gut cells ourselves. Actually, 50% of the dopamine actually comes from our gut. Wow. And the dopamine that the bacteria make is much stronger than our own dopamine. It's, it can be 100 times more potent than our own dopamine. So it's giving you 100 times more of that motivational chemical that we are trying to get from everywhere. You know, we are, we are dopamine fiends. That's our cravings hormone. This whole book is about how to control our cravings. That's dopamine. Dopamine is a craving. So, it's craving. So so stay on this though. So the why fermented food? What is yeah. that doing in our gut to unleash? Yeah. Or is it there's not a direct correlation or there is? Okay. So fermented or some people call it probiotic. That's probably the better term because some fermented doesn't have probiotics. So okay. food that has live bacteria in it, fermented foods, they have bacteria that go to your colon and join the other bacteria there, right? We now know that more diverse, the more little friends you have in there, the better your brain function, the better your outcome in life, the happier you are. And so those bacteria together, they make dopamine. That's crazy to me. Isn't that crazy? What's the quick, and so also like- Why do people not know? I mean, it's like like mind-blowing, this information. It is mind-blowing, and it's like- um, I don't know why. Like, I, it's taken so long. Thank God for you and a few other people. Seriously. Yeah, I because, know. Seriously. Like, I got permission this morning from you that I should be drinking more champagne. Yeah. <laughs> What's your deal with a that? A little, a little bit. <laughs> no, so, I al- want to drink a lot more. The problem, with, the problem with alcohol is that obviously it's a toxin. So fermented foods can be really, really helpful, mm-hmm. but not when it's mixed with a, with a known uh, uh, toxin to your brain. Okay. So, the benefits that you're going to get yeah. from your bacteria are going to be negated by the toxin effects. So, so now we know, you know, no amount of alcohol is actually good for your brain. So what was the champagne you're giving me? It's in some chocolate or something. Yeah, like it's that, right? it's a it's a non-alcoholic. Non-alcoholic. Um, sh- <laughs> okay. You'll have to take a sip of champagne <laughs> on the side. Well, let me say something about the book first. What I like about the book is there's like five steps. Yeah. So it's easy to read. It's a very complicated subject, and then again, that is that just goes to your brilliance of how you handle these topics with uh, simplicity that are very complicated. But let's go to kind of the root of the book, number one. By the way, everybody is hungry right now, <laughs> right? And I wake up, I'm curious too, I'll ask you this secondly. Yeah. I wake up with hungers at different times. Mm-hmm. And so let's start out, in general, why are we so hungry? And then number two, is there a rhythm to hunger? Mm-hmm. And I know you talk about circadian rhythm in the book with bacteria. Mm-hmm. Just tie mm-hmm. all that together for us. Sure. So hunger and cravings are two different things. First okay. of all, it's actually different parts of our brain and our body. You could be hungry 
or you could be craving something. So sometimes you're full, right? You've you've eaten a full meal. Yeah, put a plate of spaghetti in front of me. I've ate the whole film yeah. meal, but I still got cravings. Exactly. Okay, that's you'll the get in your car. You'll drive across town. Cravings are so strong that you will take action much more so than hunger, right? Mm. Hunger, you could bypass that. You could sit in here and be you're like, right. eh. I could bypass that. But cravings, it will get you up off your chair. It will get you to take action, move, and get that thing. Why do you think that cravings is the same mechanism for food cravings is the alcohol, the gambling, the porn, the the craving pathway is the strongest pathway that we have mm-hmm. to motivate behavior. So it can be good, yeah. right? Yeah. You can be motivated to do go to the gym every day, mm-hmm. uh, do your work, read books. Or it can be bad. Um, Mm. You can crave bad things or you can crave good things. And what I basically talk about in the book is we should know how to control our own cravings Mm -hmm. because it's possible. You can have the best of intentions. Everybody woke up on January 1st and they had a whole list of things, right? But now, half you know, not even a third way through the year, Mm. what happened? It's that cravings pathway. Interesting. What What is the craving then? So you're exactly right. By the way, brilliant. I never thought about the difference between hunger and cravings. The truth is I'm not hungry because I eat a lot. I have cravings though. Yeah. And so what's causing the craving and what can I do to alleviate or reduce it? Well, exactly what I was thinking to myself when I was reading this. uh, When I was reading the research, I thought, wow, if we all knew more about cravings, then we would be such a happier, more motivated, stronger, fitter group of people. So basically how cravings work is that when you were a kid, you went to a baseball game with your dad or a family member. I'm just guessing because that's what I did. And yeah, you had, you know, um, French fries, you had a Coke, you had maybe a Kit Kat, you know, who yeah. knows, a lot, ice cream cone. Yep. And it became a memory, a neural pathway. Okay. So now when you go to a game or do anything happy, it's a trigger. You remember that, okay. right? Your body wants to remember that. And then somebody asked me, why would our bodies want to remember to eat junk food? Mm-hmm. Like that makes no sense evolutionarily, but it does. Because if we were a thousand years ago, if you were walking around the forest and all of a sudden you saw this amazing fruit tree, it was full of juicy, sweet fruit. You would stop in your tracks. You would eat the fruit. You would gather it up. Mm-hmm. You would take it back to your family or tribe, whatever. And your brain would form a pathway. Wow. So that next time you know where to go. It's a very strong motivator. It, even in times of famine and strife, you will remember where that tree was mm-hmm. and go and get that fruit. Really good. And yeah. the problem with dopamine, you know how you know it's a dopamine trigger? Mm-hmm. It's pleasure mixed with pain. So quickly after you eat that cookie you almost feel discomfort. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You feel like, oh my God, am I going to get it again? How am I going to, did I eat too much? Like, yeah. I want more, but I shouldn't. You know, that whole discomfort, mm. that's your neurological way to make sure that you do it again. It's kind of like that discomfort mm. making you go back for more just to stop the discomfort. So I've been talking for a long time here on the show about the fact that I've been really working on my Spanish and I just took a trip to Mexico the last few weeks, I went on a speaking tour down there with John Maxwell, and I got a chance to really see whether or not I've improved. I got to tell you, thanks to Babbel, my Spanish is pretty darn good. I was able to order in restaurants, communicate with people, even had a great time at a cigar lounge, chopping it up with a bunch of people speaking Spanish, thanks to Babbel. And one of the reasons I love Babbel is you have to spend hundreds of dollars on some professional tutor, and their lessons are only 10 minutes long, crafted by about 200 different language experts. They're very easy to learn, and you're going to be making improvements right away. I really recommend you try Babbel. So here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash mylet. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash mylet, spelled babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash mylet. Rules and restrictions may apply. Please visit babbel.com for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. So, you know, I get asked a lot, what are some of the common practices or behaviors of the successful people that have been on your show? I got to tell you, most of them have been to therapy and they've told me therapy's made a big difference in their life. It's made a big difference in my life. And so whether you've got like a real traumatic thing you want to work through in your life that you've not resolved yet, or maybe just got an emotion you'd like to get rid of or improve, 
Maybe it's none of that. Maybe you just got kind of something you want to talk through, a problem you want to work through. If you've been considering doing therapy, I think you should take a look at BetterHelp. BetterHelp is done entirely online. And what I love about it is they match you with a licensed therapist. If you don't click with the therapist, you can switch at any given time to a therapist that meets your needs that you kind of click and vibe with. Take a moment and visit betterhelp.com slash edshow right now to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash edshow. Hmm. So is this a matter then of um, increasing the right bacteria in our gut so that that cra- mine's usually sugar. Yeah. Mine is sugar. Yeah. And ironically, lately, maybe you could explain this to me. Maybe other people can relate to this. Sometimes it's at a particular time, like when I wake up in the middle of the night. Is yeah. that something going on in my bacteria? Where I'm like, I would like a bite of like chocolate yeah. right now, which <laughs> yeah. I don't necessarily have at like eight thirty in the morning. Yeah. So that so there's a few things at play. Okay. The nighttime one can be a blood sugar drop. Okay. So when you have a blood sugar drop in the middle of the night, and that can be because you ate a very sweet or high carbohydrate meal, okay. and then when it's dropping, that's when you're wanting the food again. Okay. And the bacteria, exactly what you said, changing your gut bacteria so that it helps you with your motivation, raises your baseline levels of dopamine so you're not just fiending for um, quick dopamine. And then, you know, using your mindset. Okay, learning that, hey, if I learned this pathway when I was a kid, maybe I relearn this and maybe... You know, exercise gives me a dopamine burst. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when I go for a sunny walk or jog, that gives me a dopamine burst. Maybe adding up these little things that actually give me the dopamine burst instead of having the dopamine explosion that you get from processed food or from, you know, gambling, video games, social media, all of that. What are the... I'm going everywhere, but there's like, I want stuff for me. Yeah. (laughs) So everybody in my audience gets uh, a little benefit of this today. You said there are soup... There are six superfoods that you recommend. Yes. Why do you recommend them and what are they? Okay. I recommend those foods every day because you, like you, you're like, okay, I got it. Mm -hmm. You told, I want to change my gut. I want to change my immune system, my brain, the big picture. I want to change it. So tell me what to do. The biggest mover is food, right? Food changes your mood. Okay. Can I say something about that? I want to just add. I read something in your book that shocked me. You're like, we're actually not eating enough in many cases, yeah. and we're starving the right bacteria in our body. So that's pretty good news for everybody. It may not be that you're eating too much. It may be yeah. that you're eating the wrong stuff. I just want to interject that yeah. because I, that's just, I went, whoa, we're yeah. not eating enough? That's yeah. crazy to me. But it's enough of this probably is what you mean. Yeah, because if you think about it, it's very difficult to say to someone, just don't eat processed foods. Yeah, right. You know, oh, you're done. Mm-hmm. It's much easier to crowd out that stuff mm-hmm. by eating the right foods for your gut. Okay. okay. So your gut bacteria do not like ultra-processed foods. And I'll define what an ultra-processed food is, okay? An ultra-processed food is a food with ingredients that you could never recreate in a kitchen. Not in your kitchen, not in anyone's kitchen. Meaning there are non-culinary ingredients in that food. Okay. So. Easy example, Doritos, Oreos. You, No matter what ingredients you had in your pantry, mm-hmm. you could never recreate that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no list of ingredients that could recreate. So that's your definition. Ultra-processed foods are terrible. They are gut bacteria killers. We now know that the people that eat the highest amount of ultra-processed foods have the lowest mood. And some of them are trying to be healthy, but no offense, but they're trying to eat like a lot of protein bars or things like that, right? But actually, technically, these foods are designed not to satiate you, actually make you hungrier in some cases. They make you hungry and they kill the bacteria that were going to make you Mm. feel full. Mm. Bacteria actually make these peptides that make you feel full. And so if you're killing the bacteria, you're going to be hungrier. You're going to have more cravings. You're Dopamine level is going to go low. So they did the um, they did this study where they wanted to just see what meant what it did to the mental health, hmm. and it was eighty percent more mental health days. So depression, anxiety, with the highest amount of ultra processed food. Okay, what are these six we need to eat then, so okay. that we that we have bliss okay. instead of anxiety? So some of these are going to sound very foreign, but stay with me, okay? Because I'm, I'm going we nowhere. have you got me right here in the in the book. You can basically look at <laughs> the list because. There's a food there's a food group called glucosinolates. Glucosinolates sound like what the hell are you saying? Mm-hmm. But it's a group of foods like broccoli, kale, cauliflower, uh, bok choy are all in this okay. group. And they have this special food 
for the gut, okay? Okay. So you want to do that. Number two, you want to have fiber. Yeah. Fiber from plants especially okay. because ultra-processed food, one of the things they do is they take out all the fiber from the food. So okay. you want to have fiber. Number three, you want to have dopamine-supporting foods. And we can go into what dopamine-supporting foods are. Give us a couple. Um, eggs, yogurt, nuts, uh, cherries, bananas. Wow. Yeah. Eggs are dopamine-supporting foods? Yeah, they have an amino acid called tyrosine. Okay. Tyrosine gets converted to dopamine I love in it because I pound eggs, so that's great. So what you can do is, um, what I do is, you have to have a dopamine-rich breakfast to kind of, dopamine's very similar to adrenaline, hmm. so it gives you that energy boost, okay. it gives you that motivation, that drive, that's dopamine-supporting foods in the morning is best. So if you had like, you know, I got you some probiotic cottage cheese, yeah. you've put some nuts and berries on there, you okay. have your eggs, you are set. I'm on it. Okay. I'm okay. Do it. okay. Omega-3 um, rich foods. We know about omega-3s for their brain health, mm-hmm. but they're really great for okay. your gut health. Okay. Um, amino acid rich foods, which, um, you know, high protein foods. Okay. We know protein is one of the things that is very controversial, right. but we know for our gut health, for our brain health, for our muscle health, we need protein. Okay. You know, more and more on the show, um, Food and nutrition experts, you at the top of that list, are recommending protein, it seems yeah. to me. Like more and more, the group that doesn't recommend protein is a very small group of people now. They're, th- they're becoming more and more isolated, it seems, in the nutrition world. I don't mean to defend anybody, nor am I a doctor. I'm just saying anecdotally on my yeah. show, almost Max Lugavere, yeah. uh, yourself, Dr. David Sinclair, you know, yeah. whether they're anti-aging or health experts, pretty much across the board, they're like, Protein's really important. Especially if you work out a lot Mm -hmm. and you're getting older, which is like, you know, for me, I was abysmal at eating protein because I grew up vegetarian. I didn't lift weights a Mm -hmm. lot. And as you get older, it really takes a toll because you lose your muscle mass. You have more hunger and cravings. Your hormones are tanking. So you really need to do that um, higher level as you get older and do weight training with it so that you're using it up and you're not. And the last, the sixth one, is polyphenols. So polyphenols are the brightly colored berries and the vegetables. Polyphenols are like antioxidants for your body. So it's like anti-aging in a food form. So you want to be having those. So it sounds really complicated, but if you had that breakfast that I was telling you about, you pretty much covered all of them. So I had some yogurt with some berries in it. That's a good breakfast, or at well, least to some extent. Yeah, well, yogurt okay. with berries and nuts, um, seeds, okay. and then you have a high-protein lunch. You have a salad maybe yeah. or soup. You're set. Yeah, what's interesting for everybody listening to this, I, this is why I just love you and your work so much. I've always eaten for, like, fitness. Yeah. Yeah, build muscle, reduce fat. I never thought about eating for emotion, yeah. um, energy warding off anxiety, worry, and depression because I never understood the connection between these two places. And now I'm finding, especially as I get older, like, yeah, I really do want to be fit and strong and all that. But I also feel there's such a connection to my energy level and my emotional health and my desire to go to the gym, my desire to do that extra meeting, Mm -hmm. that power of one more that I talk about is really connected to this. Let's stay on um, rhythms. So I fly a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm real familiar with circadian rhythms, mm-hmm. right? And the lack of being on, having, feeling like I'm on jet lag. Yeah. You actually use that term in the book that some people almost permanently live feeling like jet lag. Yeah. So you talk about that the, the gut bacteria has a circadian rhythm to it, I think. You yeah, speak they do. To that, which blew my mind. Yeah. And that, um, that the connection between that circadian rhythm, that there might be a circadian rhythm fasting that you recommend or yeah. something along those lines? Yeah. I think most people are doing fasting wrong. I'll just say it. Let's do this. Okay. <laughs> I want to hear this. Because they're doing <clears throat> fasting for, like you said, fitness. Um, maybe they heard um, auto- the word autophagy or whatever. Yes. But the problem is they're not understanding that circadian rhythms run our body. Okay. So when you wake up in the morning, you see sunlight you move, mm-hmm. you're supposed to eat. Okay. Ideally, for circadian rhythm, okay. for your digestion, for the best mood boost for all of it. Okay. Now we have studies. This is going to get good. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> there, now we have studies backing it up that breakfast is actually a very healthy meal. It can be delayed breakfast. Most of us are, you know, uh, many of us delay our breakfast a little bit, okay. but you can still eat it. Okay. So what people are doing wrong is that they're fasting all day you know they're pushing it all day maybe three four maybe they're not even eating until dinner right and then they're eating late into the night 
And most of that stuff after dinner is not good stuff. Okay. Right? Okay. It's processed. It's um, sugary. And then you basically are keeping your gut bacteria up. You're keeping your digestion up mm. instead of being in the restorative repair phase. Mm. So imagine if someone woke you up in the middle of the night yeah. and made you do work and yeah. you would be oh, you're exhausted in the morning. I've wondered about this right, right here. I've wondered about this very thing that eating later in the day when you've held off, that now your body's working to digest while you're supposed to be resting. I've wondered this exact thing. And you go straight to bed, yeah, right? Yeah. And then you wonder why you have digestive issues, mm. why, you know, your weight's not going down, why you're mm. not feeling why why you feel groggy and you're aging. I mean, all of us mm. want that growth hormone burst, you yeah. know, that happens one hour after you go to bed. And in the ideal situation, if you've been sleeping, you get that big growth hormone burst, you should be in kind of a fasting state at that point. Shouldn't just be digesting an hour ago, you know, going How far back then? Four hours? Five hours? Two, two to three hours before bed. Two to three hours. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you, you stopped eating at 6 p.m. and you went to bed at 9.30, you're perfect. cool. Perfect. You're okay. perfect. And okay. then maybe you get up and um, you do a workout or get a sun um, before you have your first meal. Mm. You're set. That's your kidney fasting. Okay. Um, my female listeners, I had uh, different people on, and I've always asked, because I'm a man, yeah. I often ask about like, okay, testosterone levels, yeah. hormone levels related to food. And I had Dr. Lane Norton on recently, and I had asked him, hey, how do you feel about exogenous testosterone? Yeah. And a lot of my female listeners, which is more of my audience than men, ironically, uh -huh. said, hey, would you please ask somebody about female hormone health yeah. on the show? And I'm like, yeah, I should be doing that, shouldn't I, since I have a daughter and a wife and yeah. lots of female friends. Yeah. So is there anything food-wise, yeah. particularly if it relates to a woman that's different than a man or just in general that you say, here's something you should be doing to optimize your Hormones. hormone levels? Yeah. yeah. I love talking about hormones because that was my journey. I, I felt like my hormones were imbalanced. Mm -hmm. I kept thinking like, well, how am I going to balance my hormones? But what I didn't realize is that this is all about gut health again. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. If you transplant gut bacteria from a male to a female, the female will have testosterone levels similar to the male <gasps> without ever doing any testes transplant or changing their hormone you know, replacement hormone, therapy. Nothing. So okay. it is coming from the gut. You know, the gut bacteria can make hormones, can help you balance. So there's very good evidence that it, you know, when you have too high estrogen, it kind of stops it. When you have mm -hmm. too little, it kind of pumps it out. It is your best way to keep your hormone levels stable okay. as you get older. Okay. Um, poor gut health is one of the biggest reasons that women feel like their hormones are imbalanced, their, you know, maybe their cycles are off, their PMS is mm -hmm. exaggerated. I actually talk about um, women should all know what their cycle is. So mm -hmm. in today's world, we, in 2023, it's no secret that a woman has a 20-day, 8-day cycle. It's still considered like, oh, don't talk about your period. Yeah. Or like, you know, it's like you have a daughter, you have a wife, sure. you have female friends. Right. So I encourage women to start to learn their cycle, start to learn like, hey, there's a follicular phase for the first 14 days, then there's a luteal phase. And at the end of the luteal phase, that PMS, it's called the late luteal phase. Okay. You need to switch up how you how you do things. Late Whoa. luteal phase, your hormones have dropped. It's like like a a free for, free for all. You know, like a free fall that okay. um, the hormones just go away. Okay. Well, okay. I'm telling you this so you can help your um, your you know friends, your colleagues, the people, yeah. the women in your in your life, and the women listening and watching this. So when you're in that phase, switch it up. What's, switch what's it up. Switch? So you're gonna want to be less do less stressful activities. So if you like HIIT training, just lay off, um, you know, whatever that means, what it is for you. Okay. So if you're doing it three to five times a week, stay on the three or even two, you know, okay. start to do more yoga, restorative. Mm -hmm. Don't do the long fast. Okay. Don't do really? the things that are going to stress you out. Mm -hmm. Don't, even though you feel like eating a lot of sugary um, mm -hmm. foods to get that uh, mood boost, yeah. that's actually not the best time because your insulin sensitivity is also like down in the dumps. Okay? okay. So eating things like sweet potato, complex carbs, you know, things that are going to give you that feeling of um, carbohydrates, but they're not going to spike your blood sugar. Just don't keep eating the highly processed sugary foods because it's going to exacerbate 
the problem and you're going to get such an insulin spike that you're going to regret it after because people will say, oh, I gained like 10 pounds Hmm. during my PMS phase. It's because when they feel down, um, they're trying to replace their serotonin and dopamine with food Hmm. and then you end up really regretting it later. So try to do things that are um, longer lasting, like um, fats are really good, like avocado mixed with some complex carbs, um, eating a, you know, a burrito with beans and um, rice and avocado. That's a great way to kind of give that comfort food feeling without getting your blood sugar all out of whack. Hey guys, I want to talk to you about Shopify. You know, when I started the show, the furthest thing from my mind was doing online business, and now I can't imagine my life without it. So I love Shopify because they're a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. So whether you're in the startup phase where you're just launching your online store, or you're at that really big business where you're like, hey, we just hit a million bucks in order stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. They've helped me through every single stage. I wouldn't even know what to do without them. So whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered big time. They help turn browsers into buyers. They convert their checkouts 36% better than all the leading competitors. And I've used them for everything I do online. So every single thing you see that I market online, Shopify is somehow involved. I wouldn't even know what to do without them. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mylet, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mylet now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash mylet. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? Then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a full body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See eBay Motors. Okay, thank you so much for that. I want to ask you, in general, just maybe think. Think about my life. So when we were joking there, I was thinking about the people in my life that I talk to most regularly. And I'm like, as it relates to gut health, and I'm talking about the type of gut health that's obvious to you. Mm -hmm. Like, I know I have gut health issues Mm -hmm. based on anecdotal stuff you've told me about my emotion level, my energy level. But I don't feel like I have gut health issues, if that makes sense. Like, in my gut, I don't have a lot of discomfort or those things. But in my own life, anecdotally, it does seem to me... I'm sure there's been no study on this, and it's probably inaccurate. But in general, I would say my female friends mention discomfort in their gut more regularly than the men in my life. Yeah. Has there been any studies about that? And is that just that women are more in touch with their bodies than men? Or men think it's okay to be bloated and whatever? (laughs) Right. You know, or is there actually some evidence that says potentially with women because of their cycle, I don't know what the reason might be, that they might have more uh, gut health issues? Women have more cravings. Women have more IBS, irritable Mm -hmm. bowel syndrome. Um, Women have... Uh, men, women visit the doctor both because of convention, mm-hmm. meaning like it's more, um, you know, men tend to not visit their doctor mm-hmm. even when they have problems. Mm-hmm. But women have more of these issues and we're hormonal, uh, gut health, um, cravings. Like when we looked at the cravings research, first of all, there's not that much research on women in general. but. Mm-hmm. When you look at the cravings research, it's markedly different how much cravings really dictate a woman's life versus a man. It's Mm -hmm. like double. That's interesting. Yeah. See, I got to tell you, I was talking to a good friend this morning about our wives and their health. And we were both pointing out to one another that our wives, and I think this is just, again, these are overgeneralizations, right? But that women typically put everybody else first. And themselves last. Yeah. And so they ignore these issues in their body. They've got to take care of their spouse or their boyfriend or their parents or their children or their grandchildren or whatever it is. And they just sort of push away the discomfort or the uh, the I think oftentimes like I'll get around to it, but I've got to care for everybody else. And that's why when I bring somebody like you on the show, I hope all the ladies listening to this 
really take note of it, that you got to sometimes put yourself in the mix yeah. and the men listening to this. Yeah. If you have a woman in your life, ask her how she's feeling. Yeah. And if she's got some of the symptoms of these things with energy or anxiety or depression or lack of dopamine or bloating or just discomfort, like whatever these things are, take care of your lady, you yeah. know, make sure she's taking care of herself. And so I just really glad that I asked you that because I wondered, it turns out it's true. Let's fix some of it for everybody. What is a pre-probiotic. Uh-huh. So probiotics is what um, we talked about, fermented food, probiotic food, food that has bacteria in it. That's probiotic. Okay. So we now know that eating as much, if you can get four servings of probiotics a day, mm-hmm. that actually puts you in a category of the healthiest gut bacteria. It okay. actually can happen for you. Okay. All of us, list, okay. uh, you know, anyone who's watching today, they can start to eat four to six servings of probiotic foods, which is, you know, the fermented cottage cheese, the, the uh, yogurt, the kimchi, the um, you can have apple cider vinegar. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of things you can do. Um, prebiotics, so P-R-E, yep. prebiotics, they're the food for your gut bacteria. So you and I, have different gut bacteria, but we can be equally healthy if we're eating prebiotics. So prebiotics are the fibers in foods, the polyphenols in foods. What psyllium husk? Yeah, that's a great fiber. So remember about the six foods I was telling you, psyllium husk um, checks your fiber off for the day. Why does fiber make me feel, I feel like I get a triple whammy good with fiber. Yeah. One, stuff starts getting moving better. Yeah. Right? Two, I know the difference, but also I feel fuller. I feel yeah. like, is, that, is there any evidence yeah, about um, that? Yeah, psyllium husk actually expands in your gut. There you go. So we yeah. have stretch receptors, and yeah. when our stretch receptors um, uh, get activated, leptin, our hormone that makes us feel full, gets sent to the brain. So you're like, oh, I feel fuller. That's why soup and salads and vegetables just are so good for our appetite control because of these stretch receptors. It's, it's a neurological system, so when you stretch it, it sends signals, and it creates hormones hormones that actually help you stay fuller. Fascinating to me. Is this good guys or what? Like legit. (laughs) See, you're hearing stuff here you don't hear every day. What if you're going, I got issues with this. What type, what doctors do know about this? Or is this stuff like we got to get I'm effing hungry. We got to read the book. We got to take the steps in it. But like, I don't even know who you would call. I mean, is it, I guess, who do you talk to about it? So I'll tell you the truth. The problem is, is this is a huge opportunity for any company, any entrepreneur, right? Sure is. We said this last time. You're right. And anyone who wants to kind of get into this field, they can, right? Mm. But the there's no gold standard. There's no test, no pill, nothing right now that you can mm. take. Wouldn't it be awesome to take um, a, you know, lactobacillus, uh, you know, cocktail of mm. um, all these things that are going to boost our dopamine levels mm. um, right now? There is a company that sells the stool pills of athletes. No kidding. So you can get the fecal transplant that you always wanted from your favorite athlete. Because, you know, athletes will do anything to get an edge, right? What if someone told you, hey... You can eat like an athlete. You can start to think like an athlete. You might start to have better hormone levels like that athlete. Wait a minute. Are you serious? serious. The last time you were here, you educated me and the world about fecal transplants. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, that's like one in a bazillion. There's no way. Like, that's last ditch emergency effort. I've exhausted all options. But you're saying there's sort of a mini one. Are you, you're being serious right now. I'm serious. Okay, first, this for definition purposes, a fecal transplant is what? You covered it on the last show, but let's just do 30 seconds on that. So, and you're saying more and more that you could actually get a pill, that you're getting LeBron James yeah. bacteria in yeah. your body. Because in LeBron James' ba- um, stool, is it's 30 to 50% is bacteria in his stool. So the best way for you to transplant his gut into your gut would be to swallow that stool or to have it placed in your gut somehow. I prefer you put it in a pill. Yeah. <laughs> so a fecal yeah. transplant is not currently not Approved. allowed by right. the FDA, right? Yep. Because they said it's really life-saving for some people who, you know, just they mm. they have this um, Clostridium difficile. It's a very, very toxic bacteria. Mm. So they need a transplant from a healthy donor. So basically what they do is they take stool from a healthy donor, mm. could be your family member, because it's like a blood product. You can, mm. you know, you really can pass anything through it. And they take it and they mix it up and then they put it back into you like with the like if you've ever gotten a colonoscopy, they basically put it back into your gut and 
it basically seeds your whole colon, and now you have a whole new um, gut bacteria. <laughs> Whoa. Well, what that does for me is, I know that's new, but it tells me is like this part of medicine or science or nutrition is starting to finally progress. Yeah. That's what's exciting finally. for me. And the the company that's doing this, I mean, it's genius, right? You take really great athletes, with optimal hormone levels, great dopamine levels, you know, very, very fit, and you you take their stool and then you clean, you know, you make sure there's no diseases in there or whatever. And then you put it in a pill and, you know, would you take it? I don't know. Yeah, I think I would, <laughs> to be honest with you. I wouldn't, I if it was in a pill, yeah. not the other way you said. But the, all you guys out there and ladies that are getting really fit, hey, maybe there's going to be another way to monetize your fitness at some point. There you, you go. Pooping in cups left and right and well, selling it. Let me tell you this, though. If you want to do it the old-fashioned way, Remember that thing is like you're the sum of the three people you spend the most time with? It's actually true. It's true. It's So you're saying you'd be the sum of the three people whose gut bacteria that you put into your body. Start start sharing their food. Start doing more hand-to-hand contact. You know what I mean? I'm serious. Oh, like I That's why are. maternal, that's why moms and babies, when they breastfeed, that skin bacteria goes into the um, mm-hmm. child. Mm-hmm. They, it seeds their gut when they come through the vaginal canal. It sees their gut. They have found that people that have C-section deliveries, they can tell um, 30 years later, 40 years later, because there's a difference in their gut bacteria. It's incredible to me. And the last time you were here, in case someone didn't hear it, she did talk often about sharing food with your children and how that's like you shouldn't do it. She's saying, oh, no, absolutely, you should do it because you're sharing that bacteria. So what is a psychobiotic? Okay, this is probably the billion, maybe like, you know, the diet industry is what, $4 billion? Mm -hmm. This is probably going to be double that. Okay, psychobiotics is the next phase of mental health. So remember in the beginning, we were talking about how bacteria can make dopamine. It's much more potent. Yeah, it's great. It can also make serotonin. It can make GABA. It can make adrenaline. Mm -hmm. Um, It has the power to change your brain. You can transplant the gut, that bacteria from one human to another and change their entire mental state. Amazing. Schizophrenia can be cured in mm. that sense. Depression, autism, you take, you name it. So now we're doing abysmally bad in mental health, right? We are going skyrocketing up. What if we started to think about it in a different way? Okay. Maybe we not don't just think about it as like a deficiency in a chemical, right? Okay. Okay. Maybe we start to think about it as a whole body disease, like mm. like I said, the big picture, the brain, immune system, and gut, mm. and we start from inside out rather mm. than just you know giving them a pill. Yeah, you know, Amy, intuitively, this just makes sense to me. Yeah, like it's the frontier of health now. So. I want to go back for a minute. If you have somebody in your life right now, I just want to give you my layman's translation. You or anybody that you know that is struggling with gut health, or they don't even know they're struggling with gut health, but they've got, you know, emotional discomfort mm-hmm. in their life, energy, drive, ambition issues, and you've tried a lot of other things. Why not start to eat these six superfoods? Why not induce, uh, uh, introduce more fiber? Why not go the prebiotic route, the probiotic route? Why not begin to do this and give it some time and see if you can really change the gut brain relationship because I got to tell you like for me I'm thinking of so many people in my life that have really tried almost everything yeah and and also maybe eating wrong too with the way they fast that's a big one for me yeah because it's it's um it's connected how does when you work out hmm. stay you know I read this stuff yeah. right? you can tell, right? <laughs> I how, love it. how does when we work out or how we work out affect our gut rhythm or gut health The best probiotic you can take is exercise. It is better than, and you could spend $150 a month and your exercise for 20 minutes, especially if it's outdoors, is going to do a better job because our gut bacteria love exercise. They produce this like happy chemical called butyrate. It's it's a type of um, short chain fatty acid that goes all over the body, including the brain, to calm down inflammation. Inflammation in your brain is what makes you tired, what okay. makes you um, unhappy. Have you ever noticed when you exercise, 
you feel happier, you feel yes. more motivated, but it has this anti-inflammatory effect on your body that is more than just the calories burned, right? Yep. So that is the effect of uh, short-chain fatty acids. Short-chain fatty acids is like an anti-inflammatory drug that you could never bottle up, but it happens when you exercise the gut bacteria make it. Really? I got to tell you, I do feel better when I work out and I feel a level better when I work out outside. Yeah. Why? I was going to say when you were saying the change your food, I said, I would say if you were going to do one food thing, one non-food thing, okay? okay? The non-food thing I would do is start to incorporate a sunny walk into your day. Mm. One sunny walk into your day every day and see what kind of magic it does for your brain, for your immune system, for your gut. Mm. Um, my mom just today said, you know, I've been getting sick a lot lately. I don't know. All these viruses around. I don't know what's going on. So I asked her, you know, about the diet. The, mm. You know what? She hadn't exercised in the last month when mm. this all started. And mm. I said, it's the exercise. It's not getting enough nature. It's not getting enough movement. You're really shortchanging your immune system. My goodness. My mom has those issues. Mom, start to walk around that park more often. She's doing it a few days it, a week. It sounds to- so silly, right? Like you feel like there should be like, there should be a, a, a million dollar medication or a savior. I always tell people that there is no one coming to save you. Mm. No one's coming on a white horse and they're not, they're not going to have a cocktail of pills and drinks for you. They're not going to pick you up. You have to pick yourself up. You got to do the work. You have to move your body. You have to eat the right foods. You have to save yourself. Hey guys, if you need to hire, you need Indeed. You know, in all of my businesses, and I've been blessed to have several of them, I've used Indeed now for a number of years. And the main reason I do it is, if you're like me, I don't want to waste a bunch of time interviewing people that aren't qualified for the positions that I have. It's one of the hardest jobs in the world, right? Or they are qualified, but they're not interested in making the move at the given time. And so with Indeed, you have a thing called Instant Match where they match you with quality candidates within 24 hours. And you're in front of people that want the job, that are qualified for it, and that you probably want to hire. I wouldn't go anywhere else. They've delivered great candidates to multiple businesses that I have right now. So here's what's great. Listeners and viewers on my show, you get a $75 sponsored job credit right now to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash MyLet. Just go to Indeed.com slash MyLet, which is M-Y-L-E-T-T, right now. And you can support our show by saying you heard about Indeed here. That would be great, by the way. Indeed.com slash MyLet. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. I, I don't think you're crazy at all. On driving here today, one of my best friends called me. We're both saying to one another, just in a malaise lately. Yeah. And uh, both of us acknowledge that recently, even when we wake up, like, there's been mornings recently, more for him than me, but for both of us, where he's like, there's just dread about the day. And for some reason, we both reached the conclusion, we need to work out and take more walks. Yeah. And I said to him, a very well-known businessman that I know, one of the richest men in the world, now he does an extreme thing. He walks like four or five hours a day. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, well, that might be extreme. But I said, there's been something to his mental health, his mm-hmm. creativity. His, he's in his 80s too. His longevity to being outdoors walking yes. on a very regular basis. And it's just something that actually when I do it and I put my phone down, I feel great. And I I'm think you're a million percent. I don't think I know you're a million percent right. You obviously don't need me to validate your research and your work. But anecdotally, it's exactly right for me. I mean, and the reason why people don't say this, um, I think part of the industry that we the world we live in, this um, capitalistic world, mm-hmm. um, they don't want you to just get better by walking around in the sun, right? Well, then you won't buy their stuff. Right. <laughs> so I mean, speaking of that, you're reading my mind. What if I'm on medication? I'm listening yeah. to this, and maybe it's not you, it's your mom or your kids or something, okay. but I'm on a statin. Mm-hmm. I'm on some medication for some ailment I've got. I got to figure if, champagne, if alcohol's <laughs> messing my gut up, yeah. somehow medication of any type is jacking with my gut somehow Mm -hmm. is it well let's put it this way we now know that there are many medications that inhibit the you know bacterial growth Mm -hmm. we know obviously antibiotics is one of them Mm -hmm. but now we know that um, acid reducing medications they also harm the gut bacteria now i wouldn't the problem with a lot of people is like they want to just get off their meds right 
you can't just get off your meds. Dangerous. It's really dangerous. dangerous yep. And sometimes you need those medications so to get you, you through. So you, you need to that. work with your doctor and yeah. you need to say, hey, doc, I want to start to reduce my medications. Mm-hmm. I'm going to change my, I'm going to read this book. I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to start doing the exercise. Mm-hmm. Can we do this together mm. and then start to do it? Because some people, I mean, you need an SSRI. Those are the type mm-hmm. of medications for depression or anxiety. Mm-hmm. You need that as a bridge. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're starting to do all that, mm-hmm. but you need some time. You yank off right away. You're in the danger zone. Yeah. yeah. Gut bacteria starts to change in three days. No kidding. That quickly. They A landmark study in Nature, which is like the biggest, um, it's like the Harvard of... Yeah. Um, uh, research journals uh, reported a study where they rapidly changed the diet of people. Okay. And they just wanted to see, like, how long does it cha- take, take to start to ch- see a big change in their microbiome? Hmm. Three days. Three days. Was that good news, everybody? Because a lot of stuff in life takes, you know, forever. I mean, I'm sure it's not fixed in three days, but it's right. making progress in three right. days. That's when it starts to, you start to feel, oh, you know, my cravings are a little different. Yeah, and you know what, everyone? You listen to my show every week. Like, can I just say something to you as someone who loves you and I do the show for you? Do some of this stuff now. Mm -hmm. Take something we've covered today and implement it. Take at least one of these things. Go get I'm So Effing Hungry. Read it. There's stuff in there that I've changed since the last time Amy was here. And it's, you know what? I I think you sometimes have changes and you don't realize, like, I have a lot of energy. Yeah. You know, I'm working harder right now at 51 years old than I have ever worked in my life. And I worked really hard when I was young to go from broke to not broke anymore. And the truth is, I can honestly say this, I don't feel like it. I feel really good, yeah. really good. For a dude my age, as hard as I work and travel, I attribute a lot of this stuff to many of the things you've taught me. Like one just thing for me, like it was just really simple because I'm a simple person. I'm like, I'm taking a probiotic going yeah. forward and I'm starting to eat way more fiber. Yeah. Those, just, those two things just for me alone are like, this is a huge difference for me. It's just fiber alone. Like it seems really simple, but it's been a major game changer for me. Just, so thank you. Just one, one, you know, we, yep. you talk power about one, one more, more. Yep. the power of one more. I mean, that, the, the thing that I think is so great for people when they hear that, when they read the book, is that you, it's, you can do one more. Right, you know, like so, right. if you, like you said, you can to have one thing that yep. has fiber in the day. Yep. That's you can take one walk. Right, and the way the reason I like doing one or two is then if things haven't changed, I know that wasn't the issue. Yeah. It's the next thing, right? And so I'll go to the next thing. Um, what's chrono nutrition? Yeah. Chrononutrition is this uh, time-restricted eating in the literature it's called, but we call it circadian fasting. Okay. That's chrononutrition is you are supposed to be eating at certain times of the day. Medications actually work better when taken at certain times of the day. There's a whole- Great point. I mean, we never even talk about, you know, Mm. when to eat. We Mm. always talk about what to eat, right? So Mm. there's a whole, um, there's a clock in every single one of our cells. And if we're not following that clock- you will feel exhausted. You will feel hungry. You mm. will feel the cravings. Have you ever not gotten a good night's of sleep? You're, are you reading my dad's <laughs> mind right now? Because it's about sleep was yeah. my next question. Please go. Yeah. Because you talk about this a lot in the book. Yeah. Is sleep and things we can do to sleep better. So, yeah, like the number one reason I wanted you back here for me to answer your question yeah. so that you can give the brilliance now is if there is an element to my wellness game that there's still a big hole in, it is sleep. And I think for a lot of people that they don't sleep well, they don't sleep deeply, they don't get into the right brainwave states early enough in sleep or long enough, they're not really resting when they sleep. So heck yeah, I know what it's like not to sleep well, so please fix this for all of us. Well, I have a question for you if you want want to share. Sure. What is your sleep like, um, what's the issue that you usually have, Okay. Um, and then I can we can use you as an example. Okay, um, well, in my case, my heart rate's too high when I sleep. I don't like my resting heart rate. I'm, I've been working on that. Um, I would say it's staying asleep. Yeah. So I, I don't have a, that hard of a time anymore. I used to have a hard time falling asleep. My mind was racing. I've yeah. done things with making the room cooler, yes. making it very dark in the room, yes. um, trying not to eat 
for a while before. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's staying asleep. I wake up a lot in the middle of the night. Yeah. And um, and then when I wake up, getting back into any type of deep sleep, I find, you know, once I'm up, it feels like very surface sleep to me. What are the hours that you wake up usually? Uh, a lot. So I would say uh, I'm also a 50-year-old man, so every once in a while we have to get up and pee in the yeah. middle of the night. But, um, <laughs> I would say that I probably get up. I, it's monitored. I have one of those aura rings, so yeah. it tells me. I'd say I'm up every 90 minutes or so, maybe every right. two hours, best case scenario. So I'm glad you did the sleep hygiene thing, because, mm-hmm. um, and that's what you were saying, the blackout curtains, you mm-hmm. keep the room cold, you start to not eat. Um, but the other thing about it, and you didn't mention this part, okay. is a blue light. Okay. Um, are you getting a lot of blue light or looking at your phone, looking yeah. at your computer, activating? So when you have an activating charged conversation, email, phone call, mm-hmm. right before bed, mm-hmm. what you're telling your brain is that there's a threat. Um, you know, there's a lion uh, outside. Your brain's not going to let you sleep. Mm-hmm. Your brain's going to keep you on light mode, keep you alert so that the littlest sound will wake you up. Uh, yeah, I'm blue light till I go to sleep. I'm on my phone until I go to sleep. I'm on my phone in the And then bed. what about in the morning? Morning, I'm a little better. I'm a little better when I wake up. I've got that 30-minute rule where I don't touch my phone most days for the first 30 minutes, but I have to be completely honest with you. That blue light's in my grill till my eyes close. Yeah. Uh, I'm in my bed. I'm Heck, it's when I'm reading. It's when I'm doing emails. It's when yeah. I'm buying on Amazon yeah. what I want or think about. So, yeah, I'm on that phone, and I am on that phone all the time as well. What so about when you wake up in the middle of the night? I do check it. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, you know what? Because I have this goofy rule where I, it's not goofy, it's good. I don't check it once I wake up in the morning. Yeah. But if I get up at 2 a.m., do I check my phone? Absolutely, yes. So one bout of blue light delays your melatonin by 90 minutes. <laughs> so when, have you ever noticed that I've, <laughs> so what you want to do when you wake up in the middle of the night is not look at your phone. Okay. Maybe you get a clock if you need to look at the time, a, a analog clock, a different you know way to check the time if you're just curious. Okay. Don't turn on the lights. Okay. Do kind of the squint and you know walk to the the bathroom. Okay. Dark, dark, dark. Mm-hmm. Keep your thoughts really clear. Not you know not you're not going into your to do list at two a.m. Don't start to rehearse like oh I got this big guest tomorrow I gotta mm-hmm. you know that's what I do. You don't want to be in your forebrain okay. right okay. because that's going to keep you up. So keeping it dark, keeping it kind of you know very very dim, mm-hmm. and your thoughts very very calm. Mm-hmm. And then get back into bed okay. and then see what happens. Because when you look at your phone, mm-hmm. you activate those frontal centers. Those those are the that's what's keeping you up. So when okay. you talk about when people take um, THC, marijuana, mm-hmm. uh, cannabis, all um, uh, all of these aspects, what's happening is it turns off the forebrain. Okay. And so they're able to relax. What do you think about they're doing able. that? Taking some uh, well, gummy before you go to sleep. My my problem with that is that what do you do when you don't have the gummy? How mm. do you? It's like I'm fine with taking melatonin, taking um, you know, uh, oils, uh, mm. taking you know whatever you need okay. as a you know stopgap method. Okay. But what are you going to do for the rest of your life? You can't, you have to learn how to turn that forebrain off, right? Yeah. Like you have to learn train to get to out of, if you don't train yourself to do that, then you're always going to have that crutch. Okay. That's my only issue with all of this stuff, right? If you can't socialize without your alcohol, right. are you really, are you really social? Yeah. No. Right? You're really right, Amy. That's my deal. It's the blue light for me. Yeah. For some people, it's the room's not dark enough or cold right. enough or whatever. It's the cortisol. You know, also, I, I don't know about you, but I have a high stress life. You, you know go to bed do. stressed. You wake up in the middle of the night because you have a little bump of your cortisol in the middle of the night. And for some of us, high strung people, that bump is enough to kind of wake you. I sometimes wake up and like, you know, especially when I have a lot going on. Me too. That's how I know. Me too. Yeah. I love your work. Okay. Uh, two more questions. Yeah. I want to go. Th- I want to go four hours, but we can't. So, um, water, hydration, yes. as it relates to gut health and yes. wellness, and like, there's this thing: drink a gallon of water a day. Yeah. Does that? Does your how big you are calibrate in that? Like, I don't know. You probably weigh 105 pounds or yeah. something like that. Yep. I weigh 210 pounds. Are we supposed to drink the same amount of water, or is I, there some ratio there that matters? It's ridiculous, right? This okay. whole it's 
it's what we call bro science, you know, yeah. eight, eight, drink eight glasses of water a day. There's no study. <laughs> I, I was even surprised because I thought, how could there be no study mm. saying that you should be eating, drinking eight glasses of water? No study. This is just, um, I don't even know how it came about. Basically, if you talk to any a kidney specialist, a blood specialist, we are trying to prevent dehydration. So you just tell people, drink before you get thirsty, because if you're getting thirsty, it's already a sign that you're starting to get dehydrated, right? Okay. So you want to drink enough for your body that when you go to the bathroom, it's light yellow. Okay. It's not dark yellow. It's not orange. No. You know, it is. There shouldn't light. be an odor from it. Am I right about yeah, that? There, yeah. I mean, sometimes certain foods like asparagus, sure, asparagus uh, yeah, right. okay. um, odor makes mm. that odor. But really, when you're drinking water, even a little bit of dehydration can make you hungry, can make you crave, okay. can make you tired. So you really want to stay on top of that hydration. So for you. It may be a gallon, but for me, that might be a half a gallon. Okay, so you're one of the fittest people that's ever been on my show, and you're telling me you don't drink a gallon of water a day because I, of your body size? You don't yeah. drink that much? I, I drink to thirst. Like I, I mean, I drink before I get thirsty. If okay. I'm thirsty, that's a sign that i got to drink a lot of water. Okay. And like also, right <laughs> I would imagine when you're eating a lot of vegetables and things like that, there's actually water in yes. some of the food you're ingesting too, right? Probably not a lot, but there's some water in that food as well. And, you know, but but you have to remember that a lot of us are drinking a ton of coffee, which is a diuretic. Yeah. So you got to counteract the um, coffee that you're drinking. Coffee, by the way, is great for your dopamine okay. um, because it actually increases the dopamine receptors in okay. your brain. So it's good for motivation, but then it dehydrates. And a lot of people drink it to go to the bathroom. Yeah. For being real. I have to tell you something. And then one last question. As I started to eat more the way your book recommends, this is a really weird thing. I crave and dislike coffee more. I don't know what it is, but like I can't even drink a full cup of coffee anymore. Whereas I'm like a coffee addict now. I don't know what it is. I think it's because all my stuff, my pipes are working really good without it. Right. That I don't really drink that much coffee. And I don't, I don't, I didn't mind. No one's ever told me it's bad to drink coffee. But like, I just, I frankly crave less of it. And when I made my coffee, I wanted like lots of Splenda or sugar or something in it. And again, I think my gut health has improved to the point where I don't have the craving for sugar so early in my day. And that distinction you made between craving and health is huge. You wanted to say something I could tell. I I was going to say that I'm sure you say this. Mm -hmm. Motivation follows action, right? Mm -hmm. For gut health, that's true because you start to make the changes and Mm -hmm. then those bacteria start to motivate you. I don't know what it is with you and I today, but like you're you're right where I'm going. Like, thank you. So my last question is, you say this in the book, that the way you think so can affect your gut health. So there's yeah. the, your gut health can affect the way you think, but also the way you think can affect your gut health. That part, you're pushing my ability to understand. So... Finish with that. How? Because I'm, I'm a think, I'm a mindset yeah. guy, as you said, to some extent. How does how we think impact our gut health, and what should we be thinking to impact it the right way? Well, that's why I said the we're missing the big picture because that brain has so much power to create change in your body. We know our brain has the power to heal us, to make us happy, to make us a better people, right? They have seen studies already, human studies, where you take someone who's generally a happy-go-lucky, well-being, like they rated their well-being as high. They have different gut bacteria. Crazy. It's crazy. Than people who generally uh, rate themselves as kind of more negative people, right? Mm. So what you think... Mm can change your gut bacteria. That blows my mind. By the way, I should have great gut bacteria then. Yeah. Because I think the right stuff most of the time. I'd like to think that I do. That should be more motivation to, you know, hang out with the right people, think the right things, look at the right social media sites, Mm. because your brain has so much power. I'm so glad you just said that. And I'm really glad you came back on the show. I think you're one of the most interesting people, and this is one of the most interesting topics. And I told you, I was really glad the last time you were on that everybody seemed to agree. Yeah. Because I do think it's so important. And there's a part of me that thought, oh, okay, we're going to talk about stomach and gut. And no, everyone was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. And I think today was even better. 
I hope so. So I think you're remarkable. And thank you for all my gifts today, by the way, too. I'm I'm so I'm so honored to be on your show because I'm such a huge fan of your work. Thank you. And you. Thank you. Well, you know that that's extremely mutual. And um, you're going to come on again. It's going to happen again. Everybody, uh, by the way, just first off, very clearly, I want to express to you my gratitude and thank you. Thank you. And and thank you for your work and keep doing it because it's changing and saving lives. It just really is. Guys, this is why I do the show right here. It's days like today. Like I know we did really good stuff for all of you today. And the reason certainly isn't me. It's Dr. Shaw. So please go get her book. I, I'm so effing hungry. Depending on when you hear this, it might be on pre-order. It might be already out. Doesn't matter. Go to Amazon, grab a copy or get one in advance. And uh, let's make this thing a bestseller because the more people that know this stuff, the more people are going to live happier, longer, more fulfilling lives. Thank you, everybody. And hey, while you're grabbing her book, go grab The Power of One More if you haven't yeah, yet. Yeah, together. Number one nonfiction book on the planet until this one comes out. So thank you, everybody. God bless you. Share today's show. Max out your life. This is The Ed Milet Show.